You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. I'm so excited you could join us for this episode of the Enneagram and Marriage Pod. I'm your host, Krista Harden. As you know, today we are so blessed to have guest Dr. Meredith Height Estevez with us. She is so prolific when it comes to expansiveness around emotions. Enneagram 4, we are going to hear all about how we can really allow ourselves to go to the depths meaningfully as spouses and as creative individuals. And I love Meredith and her approach to understanding that every human, whether they're in the four space or not, has creativity. And I just want to welcome you to that joyful expression today with us. She also has a wonderful podcast she'll be talking about that leads you to the creative joys. She is a Juilliard trained musician. And we are going to, as she comes on, when you hear her voice come on, we're going to have actually a beautiful moment together where we get to hear her oboe music in the background of our convo, just to invite us into that early conversation with her. What a creative that she thought of putting her music behind us. I am so geeked out about that. I love and feel so safe with her as we talk about how do all of us go to these depths of our heart, knowing that marriage research and experience tells us we must. If we are going to have marriages that make it the long haul, which we want, then we have to be able to have the hard conversations but we also have to have meaningful uh, conversations that will lift us up so that our window of tolerance can stay open, right? So we can have the up and the down regulation on an ongoing basis. So as we prepare to talk about her, don't forget the very baseline elements you need before you can even work on your inner scripts and even talk about feelings. And that's making sure your nutrition is in a good spot, making sure your fitness is in a good spot, whatever that means to you and making sure your sleep is in a good spot. These are really important elements to making sure that you can do the work that it takes to get regulated, get talking to your spouse, or it'll just be a lot harder. So grateful to give you that nervous system boost. And just, you know, baby steps. I get it. Life's not easy. Hard is more probably the word you would use. But definitely there are moments when you can say, all right, as I'm inviting margin in, as I'm learning bit by bit and giving myself grace, I'm going to step into what Meredith is offering us, which is redemptive times together, redemptive ways to share about what's really happening under the surface. And this, my friends, is going to help you to have a better life, marriage, and music along with it all, right? So let's make sure we give her full attention. Come back to me if I lost you. We are going to have such a good time with Dr. Meredith today. Dr. Meredith, I am so happy to have you on the pod today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, Krista, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Are you enjoying that crisp time of year and hopefully many of our listeners too? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I am originally from South Carolina. 
So I know all about the very hot and sweaty August and September and October. (laughs) Um, And so we moved to Michigan about two years ago. And this is the summers and the fall are my favorite times of year. So I'm so glad for you and for all of us, guys. Meredith is such a gifted musician and friend and Enneagram 4. I can't wait for you to talk to us about all the deep things today. And we're even going to get a chance to hear her music in the background today. So if and when you get to hear this unexpected music on the uh the back of our conversation know that this is actually your music right yes i'm an oboe player that's sort of my first job um i have four degrees in oboe believe it or not including a doctorate degree (laughs) and i love true to my enneagram for self i love to uh, luxuriate in the beauty of classical music and to help people find peace and meditation and joy in the experience of of hearing music. Hmm. That's absolutely beautiful. And my type four daughter and I, we were looking at, we were listening to your podcast about fours and we were enjoying your music on your Instagram page too. So we're sharing all of that in the show notes, guys, because she and I were just amazed, amazed at how beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I can't even imagine. Well, Here, I want to have you share more about yourself, your marriage, your pairing, your training. Can you tell us some more? Sure. So I am originally from South Carolina, as I said, and I met my husband, Edwin, who is an Enneagram 7. Mm -hmm. We met in Chicago, which I know, I think you lived in Chicago for a little bit, right, Krista? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we met in Chicago uh, and he is a Presbyterian minister. And so you you called our pairing the beautiful adventure, and that is exactly what our life is like. Oh, I'm so <laughs> I, glad. <laughs> yeah, we. I was thinking like, wow, we've owned three homes and have only been married for seven years. So <laughs> we move about every two years. Um, but I work as an oboist, and I'm also a writer. My book is coming out next year called The Artist Joy. Oh. And I work as a creativity coach, and I help artists find joy, reconnect with the joy that made them want to be artists in the first place. I got to the end of 12 years of college, including an Ivy League degree and a doctorate from the Juilliard School. And I was so burnt out and creatively wounded and lost that I wondered if I would even continue to play music. And so I began this long journey of healing and working through the feelings that that come with that. And I have a three wing. And so I realized that I had for so long been leaning on the way I moved to doing because I because I'm doing repressed was to lean so hard on that three wing and to need achievement and success. And I think I chased that, you know, bunny rabbit energizer bunny down mm-hmm. a path that was unhealthy for me. And so I worked when I started, when I graduated with my doctorate to um, begin to heal. And it was really meeting my husband. That was a really big part of that. And and him calling me to remember the joy that I used to have for music. And I started leading groups online around creative recovery. And uh, we have a new one starting next week. We have over 700 people registered from all over the world. And so I started, I'm still playing music, but I'm I'm doing this work now, um, exploring creativity as a spiritual practice and helping people one-on-one and in groups uh, reconnect with joy for music. So the the podcast it comes out every week. It's called the Artist um, Artist for Joy, yeah. and so I have learned to to be joyful through my relationship with my husband, who is he's been calling me into a deeper sense of 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 levity and um, 
an invitation to fun and play in a way. And so um, mm-hmm. my marriage is really central to how mm-hmm. I see the world now. And I'm really grateful for, for that. And I'm really grateful for your work around how the Enneagram and marriage connect, because that's been a big piece in helping mm-hmm. us love each other. Well, mm-hmm. I am so glad. And I mean, everyone is because as you're really reminding us all, when you do your work, the world is more blessed and your family is more blessed and your husband is more blessed. And you're just really reminding us with you and him being together. And in this sort of glow up that we think of here, you're like, we directly influence one another's every moment. And so I love how you're calling that out as this is an important work to do. So thank you for sharing. Um, tell us more about first, uh, we're talking about seasons all through this month, but we'd love to hear you share about just what it was like growing up as a four. I know that there's a lot of listeners here who are in the four space and very curious about the four space. Absolutely. Yes. I, I would love to share with you a podcast, an essay I wrote specifically on this topic. And the title of that episode is called Belonging. And so it was a, I think it's me leaning hard into looking for where I belong in the world and wanting that sort of dichotomy that's in every four of like wanting to be unique and also wanting to be known and wanting to be understood and having the push and pull of that. And so um, it was an episode on my podcast. We can put it in the show notes, but for now I'll say this. I grew up in rural South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I have, I come from what they call a sports family. Mm-hmm. Uh, think Friday night lights, right? <laughs> the stadium <laughs> at my high school was named after my grandfather. Okay. Oh, wow. And <sighs> I did not like sports. I never liked sports. And oh, from a young age, I, I mean, I like sports in that like yeah. sports are great, but like, I, I didn't feel called to be an athlete and <laughs> right. I do run, I do run, run marathons, but like, I'm not really into the Friday football zone. And so all my life, I, I, I remember from a very young age feeling like this place is not for me. Mm. Like this, this, my hometown was not for me. And it's nothing against the place. It's beautiful. I have deep nostalgia and, and love for my hometown. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow I knew I sensed as a kid that I needed to move away from my family and to, to, to follow up, march to the beat of my own oboe, as my mother says. So, <laughs> Great. so I went to boarding school, uh, mm-hmm. for my, the last two years of high school, which was still in South Carolina, but it was, it was really where my world began to open up and I got to live in a, a school for the arts and it was the South Carolina governor's school for the arts and humanities. And so it was really the beginning of finding true belonging and realizing that being unique and seeking out um, that deep existence of connection and beauty and inevitably joy, um, I could find other artists who saw the world like me. I could find my people and the people are out there. And the, the what I love to say is that creatives and artists know how to help people belong because we can see the beauty in, in, in lost things. We can see the beauty in all kinds of things. And so if you're a four who doesn't totally feel like you fit into your life, just know that, that your people are out there Mm -hmm. and it's okay. If you have to broaden, um, seek out connection, uh, and to go and do the work of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and, and finding that deep friendship and, Mm -hmm deep connection with people who you on a heart level Mm. connect with is really important work for the four. Mm. 
that's so comforting for me to really process with uh, even being around fours or thinking of my four and thinking of how uh, you have such a depth to you. And most people have that depth, but maybe don't even feel permission to access it, whereas you guys typically do. So not only can you bring that out in the community you're in, but you may also have to go find and research and seek it out a little deeper and longer. And it sounds like it was very well worth it for you to keep looking versus just kind of staying where you were and putting up with what was just kind of could have been, like you said, the Friday night lights could have been you, but you knew there was something more. Well, and my parents, like if you are a parent to a four, yeah, please let your four explore their interests because my parents let me go to mm-hmm. the, to the local community theater on Friday nights and usher mm-hmm. uh, the the shows every weekend on football season. Like there are many, there were many weekends where I was not out. The rest of my family was at height stadium yeah. <laughs> and I was at, I was downtown at the community theater with the theater people. And that was where I was able yeah. to. And I think I look back on that as a parent myself thinking yeah. like, wow, that had, that probably took a lot of my parents, a lot of trust for them to let me go and Mm -hmm. to let me do that. And they, they really must've known me well enough to know that I needed that. And so Mm -hmm. I hope if you have a four kid or suspect your child is a four, um, it's okay to let them explore and to go and find their people. It's a really important work. Mm, Thank you. We all need that encouragement. And I'm really glad to know that as I've had to release to God as my daughter launched off to college this year. And in this podcast audience heard me say, you know, it was hard when she was leaving the Fine Arts Christian Academy to send her off into the world. But she was like, mom, calm yourself. (laughs) And she's like, I need this. I have to continue my dance profession. I'm going to be dancing at this or that place. And, you know, I just took a breath with her and I was like, she goes, I'm, I'm really like very serious about my life's calling and I need to do this. And when she said that, it really comforted me because Mm -hmm. I knew, you know what? Yes. So I was like, you are so much more 2.0 than hopefully any of our generation. We want our kids to be that next level. And I'm like, you are next level. Like, go ahead. And so thank you for just encouraging us that that's true about the four. Because we do wonder sometimes what's going on under the surface. So I love it when you guys share. This is huge that you're sharing with all of us today. So we could get that peek underneath what's going on in there. Um, And (laughs) how does music also help you uh, as a four or just as a an artist to soothe yourself when you do hit those low points? I was thinking about this question on my way here today as I listened to some music in the car. And I realized that music is a, is a key element to how I get inside my body. Mm. And I don't just mean dancing, although I do enjoy a dance, a dance party with my children in the kitchen or, um, you know, out in the dressing room when I'm trying on clothes. I don't know if you do that. You like have a little dance party in there by yourself to see how it looks when you're dancing. Anyway. Awesome. Um, <laughs> going to have to try that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, music is, is for me the way that I, I connect with, with my body center. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's something that I need to work on balancing and to get out of my heart and into my body. And um, I think that this Spotify and really any like Pandora, any, any of those streaming algorithm pieces that can, that where you can type in like happy classical music or dance grooves, blah, blah, blah. Like you can, you can come up with a playlist idea and type it into one of these places and get exactly the kind of music curated for you. And so I use that a lot 
I go and type in how I'm feeling <laughs> to Spotify <laughs> and ask it to accompany me, uh, give me a soundtrack, you know, like reflective walk or, you know, coffee house Christian, you know, like it's, we live in a world where you can literally type in what kind of music you want and it'll, it'll come up. And that's how I explore new music and learn, um, learn about new artists who offer their heart to the mm -hmm. world. And so I use music pretty much constantly in mm -hmm. to improve my mood, to keep me company, to get me into my body. Uh, and I, and I think we all need to have, if you don't have an Amazon Alexa or a, a, a Google home, <laughs> mm -hmm. get a speaker that you can talk to and get the music going while you're washing the dishes, while you're, mm -hmm. while you're moving your body, while you're looking for meditation, a meditative space, mm -hmm. um, let it accompany you in those spaces. Cause it's, it's, it's really a gift. Yeah, it, it really is. And I feel like a lot of people in the past few years have been finding the four space more. Um, and I think that when they find it, they don't always know what to do with it. And so this is very key for people to, you know, feel that, that they can access. For instance, I know ones have a very strong four leaning. They don't even always realize they're like, oh, I do spend time looking over that fence or in envy or in melancholy, but I don't, I'm so scared to even allow it in because I don't mm -hmm. know how to move through it. And we're going to be talking about that in a couple of minutes more, but just to give our audience that start is so beautiful to say in the body work, that'll help you move through and also allowing that music. I also adore how you're like welcoming in the new experiences. I think that's something you fours do really well instead of like getting stuck on the one same thing. You're like, keep exploring, finding the uniqueness out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love doing that. I have found so many artists that I absolutely love now, just because some algorithm thought you'd like this. So <laughs> I, I really see the algorithm as like, it knows me. It knows me really well. It understands yeah. me. We want to be understood. <laughs> Isn't that true? It's got to come to you mystically. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let me ask, we're talking about eras. I love to just think about this as everyone is in their era now. So we are in your littles era with kids and maybe you might not categorize as, as that, but tell us about, since many of our listeners share that space with you, how you're still just moving through it with grace in your marriage as best as you can, as you're learning this new season of life. Wow. Yes. This season of life is full mm. and the days are very long. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old who starts kindergarten on Tuesday. And my husband and I, <laughs> we both love working and we love living at a, you know, hundred mile an hour pace. We, we, we both are, and that's where we really, we meet at that one space mm -hmm. to get things done, to create systems. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is really, really fun. But sometimes because we both struggle with the day-to-day, -day, making the breakfast, making the bottle, doing bedtime, you know, that we both struggle with the, um, the mundane mm -hmm. parenting has been hard. It's challenging. And I, I have had moments where as a four, I really want alone time or I really need my daughter and my son to be more independent. And I never want to wish away a single moment where I get to care for them. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I feel this need, the very real need to have more space just to think and to feel and to be 
mm. not have to be on all the time because it feels it's really, really tiring when I fall into bed at night. Sometimes because my daughter is we were working on getting her to bed earlier because we're going back to school, but she's been staying up. My son goes to sleep at 7 p.m. And it used to be that with one kid, 7 p.m. It's like the evening is ours. We yes. can watch a show. Yeah. And and now my daughter who's growing up, she doesn't need quite as much sleep. And so sometimes she's up until nine, which only leaves me like one hour before I turn into a pumpkin. And so that is really hard. So finding space to process and be alone, not to mention to connect with Edwin, my husband has been really, really challenging. And yet um, I, I found that I was thinking like, what, what do I want to tell people about like how I'm managing in this moment? And I think my, my AirPods have been <laughs> my best friend because mm. I've been leaning into my five wing by like collecting more information about whatever I want to learn about things that interest me. And I have like, I can put on an audible book or a podcast in my ear while I'm making dinner, while I'm taking care of my kids Mm -hmm. and just having just one ear with some information that's encouraging me to think deeply and to feel, and, you know, I, I feel better, I feel Mm -hmm. better. I can show up as a more complete person instead Mm -hmm. of feeling drained and starved for connection. Mm. If that makes sense. It really does. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's a great tip for people who might be just about to hit that stage. I know we uh, recently interviewed Molly Wilcox, you know, she was on the seven podcast of your uh, creative, um, uh, just such a creative pod. So all of the episodes, I'm not just saying that because of the seven one, but like all of them were so good on Artist for Joy. But um, but Molly is right about to hit her first child kind of moment. And so you're really saying you can hit it with grace, but sometimes it's not going to work out the way that is ideal for your personality type, especially like you said, four and seven. And so anyone who is feeling that lost, you're just saying you don't have to stop learning. You don't have to stop growing as a person. I think that's really inviting for us. Um, Do you guys try to sometimes take turns where you're like, I'm going to just need a couple of hours here to do that. Um, Sounds like some of it can happen during naps and stuff like that. Yes, we do. And I mean, my husband's a pastor. And so a lot of times his schedule is really unpredictable. So sometimes he'll, you know, be, a, be gone before we wake up because he has men's Bible study or whatever. And then all weekend, he'll have to do a wedding and wedding rehearsal. And so a lot of the parenting falls onto me mm-hmm. uh, in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like being, being the mom, I mean, you just sort of, at, at least in our dynamic, our children are just, they prefer me anyway. <laughs> I'm working on like yeah, helping them <laughs> have more independence with their dad. But yeah. Yeah. um, I I have felt really I've mm-hmm. experienced bitterness about that, and mm-hmm. just and and have we've had to work in therapy about how can we how can we split the the labor, both the invisible labor and the 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 visible labor, mm-hmm. um, and how can we work together to help us each feel supported because mm-hmm. his job is really stressful. I love the episode you guys just did about workplace stress and like how to support your spouse when they're stressed because um, that is, because it's not only that the the stuff going on at home is a lot, mm-hmm. it's like the stuff going on outside the home is a lot too. And when you are married to a pastor, you are sharing your husband with, or your wife with 
mm-hmm. a whole congregation of people who need shepherding and need support and pastoral care. And I've, you know, I didn't plan on marrying a pastor. That was something that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was marrying a pastor when I married him, but I didn't realize exactly what that would mean. And so we, we, yeah, we've worked, we've, we've been in marriage counseling all our, the, our whole marriage, even before we got married. And, um, and it's been really, really helpful to communicate better and to, um, to get through this chaotic time with small children. <laughs> yeah. And you just named that, like, there's all kinds of different chaotic times and especially when you're in a leadership family. And so you're saying, you know, having this pastoral role has made us need to be at higher levels of, uh, work. And I can always come back to that Maslowian sort of archetype. As we think about the highest peak of the mountain, it's like, there's not much, much oxygen up there. And so you're really having to, to choose again and again, intentionally, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do to oxygenate. And I'm glad you are, because you guys are serving a lot of people, both of you. And of course you're, like you said, uh, hoping that the kids will start to, uh, even add dad in more, but we do know the research around, um, you know, Christian women is something to look at because there's more suffering sometimes, unfortunately, or lack of intimacy, because there's a sense of like the man is the patriarch and he doesn't have to do those things. And so I like how research is sort of leading the way to what people have been trying to say anyway, like partnership is going to bless your marriage um, and also your kids. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. you're looking at that, that you guys are doing your work and thank you for being raw and authentic. I love that about fours. <laughs> you guys just tell it like it is. Well, I had a therapist say to me once, you know, Meredith, you don't have to love parenting all the time. Like you don't have to love, you can still love your children and not love every stage of your child's life. And that gave me so much freedom because I felt like, I think I was seeking out this, like, oh, I have to love this. And if I don't love it, then something's wrong with me, you know? And she, she gave me this tip too, to don't underestimate the small things that make you feel like yourself. And so if listening to your music in the car on the way to school is going to help you feel more like yourself instead of like blippy or (laughs) kids bop, (laughs) then, then do that. And like, let help your kids see their mom being real and getting what she needs. That is, that was like, I was like, yes. And I've been trying that and it really does help me. And sometimes they whine and they make me list put yeah. on kids bop, but <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. They get into our hearts and they tell us like, I need this too. And, and you're like, okay, I'm not going to try to have the tantrum, but yet sometimes I need to. And I'm just glad you made that all of the listeners and and viewers aware, like you're normal if you do that sometimes. And I love that you're passing on this wisdom from this sage in your life, because we need it for this stage in our lives. Many of us do have kids and, and uh, we have to make these negotiations with them sometimes. And I had to do that with my son last night. No more of your shows. I'm like, we're watching, like what I wanted to say was we're watching Gilmore girls, (laughs) you know, or something that the the teen girls and I wanted to watch, but I was like, we're going to find something everybody likes versus just your show, Jack. So I think that we have to continue that. That's something I'm coming ahead for you, finding pockets of rest. Um, so I'm glad you know it. She's on a great rhythm guys. Listen up. Um, but tell us now, since we've dived a little bit deep and I think we can go deeper yet. Um, when you hit these stages of, okay, I'm listening to my music, I'm doing my movements. 
I know this because you're in a marriage with a seven and I'm a seven. You could get very lost in that five research or seven stage of moving and doing. And then even with the four melancholy thinking space, you could miss feelings altogether. So Mm -hmm. can you help our listeners to really understand at least what's helped you so far in your journey to come back into actually process feelings when that's needed? Hmm. Yeah, I think there's... I'm trying to think of an example I could give you around um, my husband and I, because I think I invite him into that because Mm. he will go to the reframe very quickly. Mm. And sometimes, so if, you know, if something stressful happens and he comes home sort of huffing and puffing, we call it um, the sun is shining wrong Um, when he goes to one, (laughs) like, all of a sudden, like he's very chill until he's very not. And then it's like, why is there wasted food in the fridge? And why is this and not in, in, in order? And da, 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 da. And, and um, as a perceptive feelings person, I have before taken that personally. Like it, it, it can feel like an affront on me and my management of the kitchen or whatever he's criticizing. And what I've learned to do is to be a four, which is in, in our superpower is to sit there with you in the feelings that are uncomfortable, Mm. not try to fix them Mm. and to let yourself grieve Mm. or, you know, experience deep pain and to name that out loud so that your heart will feel hurt. And so when in those moments, when I sense that there's a feeling probably that he needs to feel, Mm-hmm. I'll say, how can I support you right now? What do you need right now? Wow. And sometimes he'll say, I need to be alone mm-hmm. and I'll, and I'll move out of the way. And other times he'll say, I need to process this. And I just need you to sit there and listen. And he'll talk no joke for like 10 minutes without stopping. And, <laughs> and what, what I'll, I uh, know what I'll do is, is listen and wait. And then I'll do that thing. You, you probably teach a lot of your clients. I'll, I'll mirror, I'll paraphrase, mm-hmm. say, that sounds really upsetting. That sounds really hurtful. You, you sound really like you're grieving around that. And it's, it's not trying to fix anyone. It's just allowing them to feel truly heard and to process their stuff in a place where they know they're safe to do that. And yeah, I think as a seven, he knows when he's done and then we can, you know, that's when he'll make a joke or, you know, levity is really important in our marriage. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like for, Mm. for me when we're processing things together. Mm. Uh, yeah. And just like getting in there and saying what you need to say Mm. and then letting it almost like a candle that you snuff out, letting the smoke float away and that be it. Mm, that's such an invitation to people that if you do the work, it happens. And I love how you use that kind of fire and glow analogy that we love here so much. Like it will allow this to pass 
so that you don't have to stay stuck there. Um, but I also hear you saying as a four, that's not as hard for you, that you can sit in the feelings and you can offer that to us and to your husband in particular, which is such a gift. And it's why I love your pairing. I think it is so beautiful in that way because you do have the depth and the levity. And I hope couples can borrow from that as they become more expansive. I know they can, um, but I know it's work. So I love that you bring that softly and generously. Um, now, when you do that work, it's soft, it's generous. It's also um, probably exhausting at times to be such a good listener and to be holding these hearts. Um, how do you feel like since fours are so mesmerizing and yet need their time, how do you negotiate that by, you know, just saying when you need a boundary around either marriage, family, community? Yeah, we've, we have some phrases that we say to each other, like is now, is now a good time? You know, mm -hmm. we ask each other that a lot. Can, is now a good time to talk logistics is now a good time to, to dive into some, you know, something that I'd like to share with you instead of coming in, like, just, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, spring this on you when I, you may not be able to carry that in a particular moment. And as a four, this is a really hard thing for me. Yes. It's, it's like discernment and intentionality around who I'm going to have feelings around or <laughs> who I'm capable of going deep with, mm -hmm. not just Edwin, but just friends and, you know, mm -hmm. my own mother, you know, sometimes it's not a good time. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. It just means that not everybody is willing to go there all the time. And mm -hmm. so kind of checking in up and, and if, if your spouse continually says, well, now's not a good time, then ask them when is, when can we connect about X, Y, Z? Yeah, that's a good point that you don't have to push past their boundaries either. Even as you set yours and ask each other, that basic question is now a good time for me to share something for, for you to share, for me to ask you to share. Uh, Cause we know our fours do want us to go to the depths and also you guys intuit when we're off. And so it's not like it can be hidden. You're like, something's off here. And I love how you shared that the sun is shining wrong. It reminds me of that Ingrid Michaelson song where she says, um, my room feels wrong. The bed won't fit. And we often listen to that during different times of the month in different cyclical moments, my daughters and I, <laughs> and we're like, yeah, the sun is shining wrong. So we're going to borrow that. Um, but when that's happening for you and other heart types, listening twos, threes, fours, or people just empaths, uh, maybe Myers-Briggs intuits, what would you say for them to do when they are perceiving intuiting? Um, and yet, they're also needing their own boundaries when people are crossing in and saying, you are mesmerizing, you are fun, um, but then they don't listen to you or they don't let you have that space. Like what, what have you come to learn about this so far? We had a really hard first year of marriage mm. and I can't explain all the details because it would take too long, <laughs> but mm. basically it was around managing our, both of our careers and how we were going to like go and start this life together and build the family unit mm -hmm. instead of being two separate people. And I think everybody who gets married has a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like, how are we going to do this? Like mm -hmm. I, you know, after, after like the, the shimmer of the, <laughs> the, of the wedding and the honeymoon we're off, you're like, oh gosh, yeah. okay. So mm -hmm. now we're one, we're one, like being one is tricky. Yeah. And so we, we, one time uh, we were in marriage counseling around that during that really difficult first year. And the therapist drew 
a little stick figure, but instead of like solid lines, she drew like dotted lines. Hmm. And then she drew like a regular stick figure with straight, you know, full lines. And she, she pointed to the one with the dotted lines and said, Meredith, I want you to work on showing up to your marriage as a fully actualized colored in person, because Hmm. if you're kind of trying to come to this marriage looking for something from Edwin to complete you or to justify you or to make you feel like you belong, then that is a mantle that one, no one besides God can do. And it's, it's heavy for him to even try because he will always disappoint you. And so you have to go in your, in your own therapy, your own work and become, Mm -hmm. you know, fully intra dependent, right. Mm -hmm. Instead of codependent. And so I would say, reading about the codependence. And I mean, I had a really health, I would say healthy childhood. I I never knew that I was leaning towards codependence, but I think as a four, we sort of like, because we're so good at emotions and mm-hmm. almost bending to another, like meeting somebody where they are emotionally, we can forget the boundaries. We can forget that like, oh, actually this is not what I feel or this is not what I need. And every time he comes with something that's a problem, I take it personally. And what I had to learn was a non-codependent person would be like, um, actually this isn't about me. This is about you. And so I would say, uh, and then when it is about me, I can own it and go and work on healing mm. a way, you know, in my own work. And so I think code, like thinking about it, as co- a codependence and working on that intradependentness, mm. uh, intradependent has been really, um, really key in helping us relate to each other well. Mm. I love that you're reminding fours of like this ability to like gestalt, sort of like swallow something whole that somebody says about them. And, and maybe a spouse is just thinking out loud in that seven space and, you know, going on their diatribe and you're like ingesting it fully. And I like how you're saying, Mm-mm, I'm learning to acknowledge what's mine and what's not mine. Mm, I'm learning yep. to kind of walk through his stuff, also setting my boundaries. This is gold for, like you said, any heart type. Oh, I'm so glad you've been learning this. This is cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, and we, we listened a lot to Tim Keller's marriage Mm -hmm. series, his book and his sermons. And one thing that he says that we say so often after every fight, we say, I'm the problem in our marriage. And then he'll say, I'm the problem in our marriage. And so we both own yeah. That we're the problem. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard, really hard to say that because he's the problem. <laughs> but when we both say that, then we can meet at a place to like, okay, we can talk now because we both have made mistakes and we're both coming with humility and mm. mercy for one another and grace that mm. it's the only way to move forward. Mm. That's beautiful and true. And what everyone needs to hear in this sort of kind of whatever you want culture Uh, you're just reminding us that the good and true and beautiful things are slower, richer, um, more filled in. I love how that therapist said to you, like fill in with color. And I took from that also be present with color while you both have big dreams. If you're in a marriage with big dreams, two people like you guys come back in presently for them too, uh, as well as for yourself. So, and we know that's not a perfect balance, but it's a rhythm. I love that you and Edwin are finding that continually and inviting other listeners today to say, keep finding it, you know, keep growing, do not give up. Um, 
Is there any final tip you would want for our listeners to just make sure they remember in this season of marriage or any season that you've been through, any wisdom you want to pass on, as well as we also want to hear how everybody can connect with you? Sure. I, um, I, there's a couple of other things that we, we say to one another that again, I think these scripts, I don't know if this is, you can tell me if this is like a four to seven thing, but the, the scripts are really helpful where it's almost like a little white flag of like, okay, we could continue going around and around in this intensity, or we could, we could take a breather and the script, the little scripts, things that we, we try to say. So a couple other scripted things besides I'm the problem in our marriage. And is this a good time? Um, are I went, I wrote these down. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm. That's another thing that we say that we like ask for a break, like yeah. sevens can be so gregarious. And they have, when, when Edwin goes into his five, he processes, like he's got it processed. Like he's in his brain and he's got a, he's built a castle in his mind Mm. and then he'll come and share. He'll feel invited to share. And sometimes it can be overwhelming because I'm tempted to just take on all the things that are there. And it's just a lot, the sheer volume of it is a lot. Yeah. And so I learned to say, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed you know, mm. if he's asking me for an answer or wants me to make a decision, I'll say, I'm feeling a little, a little overwhelmed. I need a break. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's been really helpful. Good. And then the, really the last, yeah, the last one I'll share is, um, when we get snippy or when we say the wrong thing in the wrong tone of voice, the other one will say, do you want to try that again? Mm. Yeah. Like, let's take that again, yeah. you know? And, and it might sound a little confrontational, but in a good way. Cause you're, then you're like, catch yourself. Like, I do want to try that again. What I should have said was, mm-hmm. Hey, next time, can we try it this way? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling upset about this or that instead of like, you always do this or that, you know? Oh. And so giving yeah. somebody a redo, I love that. Can I have, can I have a redo? Yeah. <laughs> it's like really good in the moment just to keep it moving instead oh. of going down, going oh. down the hill. Yes. I love that. And I love how you just said going down the hill. Cause I often have my clients look at the, you know, parallel, like try to stay on the even playing ground versus coming down in a diagonal way toward. So, you know, you're really giving them that sense of like grace, like let's keep this conversation open. Let's not withdraw or get so high up in our past hundred beats a minute where we can no longer process. Let's take a breath. Let's redo. I love that because it's all about connection and you're really good with that. I also love how you sort of named in the overwhelmed comment that as a four, uh, you do long for the connection. It's just, it's a reality that even with such a kind heart, you too can get overwhelmed. And with sevens being so, um, in their heads, they need the direct statement. Um, we don't read it non-verbally in those moments typically. So it's really wonderful to have someone almost hit us over the head with it <laughs> in a gentle yeah, well, I don't know about you, but like Edwin loves feedback. Like he loves, and I guess this is aggressive stance stuff. Like he loves it when you tell him exactly what is wrong or what you think or what you feel or how you want to respond. And do you agree? Do you enjoy feedback? Well, it depends. I'm married to a type one. So if you can only imagine the amount of feedback you would get if you had the no filtered. So I I do appreciate it. I want it to a certain level, but I'm like, if all you see is errors, I need you to first do your work and then come to me after you've done your work. And then, like you said, I want it. 
because I want to know, like, I think sevens in this way are very good at saying, um, as much as we may have this blind spot, let me first say that to acknowledge, I know that, that we have that nonverbal blind spot. Sometimes we also really do want to grow and stretch. And so if somebody can come to us with a gracious one or two things we can work on, we're like, Thank you. I wanted to know that I can go back to my five space. I'm okay on my own. So there's not as much codependency sometimes in that mode. Um, Mm -hmm. So we can say, I can go away and let you have your rest. So I hope he can do that with you um, because it sounds like he can. And it sounds like you need that too sometimes as such a big heart type um, and such a big person who feels everybody's feelings and needs your artistic and creative space that when you can request I need a moment that he's learning to give that to you. Oh yeah. Well, I last, just last night he was, he was really wanted to stay up late and like kept talking. He wanted to keep talking and we were having, we were having a lot of fun, you know, Aww. just like lying in bed talking. Sweet. And I was like, I have to go to sleep now. It's 11 o'clock. Our child is going to wake up in like six hours, you know, seven hours. Yeah. And, and so having, that's a good chance to set a boundary on, on what is really fun. Right. He's like, yeah. calling me towards joy and having a great time and like, you know, like sleep away camp or something. And yet <laughs> comes a moment where somebody has to tell this kid to go to bed. Um, so, yeah. Well said. I love it. I love that you share your beautiful gifts with him. And also we're talking about expansiveness as well as boundaries. I don't think we can go wrong. So tell everybody where they can connect with you and your beautiful music and community artists for joy and all the places. Awesome. Yes. So I am on Instagram at artists for joy. My book is called the artists joy. It is available for pre-order now. It comes out next spring. And so artistsforjoy.org slash book is where you can order pre-order. And the podcast is called Artists for Joy, and it comes out every Friday, wherever you stream your podcasts. And if you are a creative person or you know a creative person who needs support, whether that is community or one-on-one coaching to get them through creative block or to help them with a big project, I would love to to work with you. And so we have, we, we lead a group twice a year that starts um, in early September. And, and so you can learn more at artistsforjoy.org. Oh, awesome. Oh my gosh. I loved this time with you. Thank you so much, Meredith. You are such a delight to get to know. I'm so grateful for you. Me too, Krista. Thanks. Stay safe. Oh, I just love that. I loved getting to hear about the era of littles. I love getting to make sure that you guys know that you are loved, that you are safe to grow and expand here with us. We're so excited for Dr. Meredith's book on pre-order and you know where you can get all those goodies to learn more about her and our information as well. We're so happy to have you. Yes, we're on our own book launch. We will be talking about that a lot. So don't worry about that today. Just really sink in and drink in what you got to hear from Dr. Meredith today. So grateful for you. Okay, bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.